forever. Dog. about this is before our time and and that's okay and that's okay every everything about it i was washing dishes a little er, a little while ago and i was like do you know that damn film is 50 years old yeah <laughs> i didn't even i said maybe they needed something a little more contemporary i didn't even realize that i'm, I'm 58 years old so i was eight years old when that film came out so i'm right. like Right. Wow. I didn't realize. But hey, sometimes, you know. That's cool, though. <laughs> I couldn't help but I couldn't help but thinking about the fact I was like, if somebody made I was like, if somebody made a film about Diana Ross today, who would play her? That's what I would. Yeah. I would, yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. You know I mean? Who would play her? <laughs> <laughs> they were going to Zendaya. They, Kiki Palmer. Kiki, Kiki Palmer. Palmer? Probably, oh, well, she'd be really is, good. But you you need a singer. Can you sing, right? Can you sing? Assume, oh. I literally just yeah, assumed she, she could sing. Yeah, she, <laughs> right. she does. She, has, she, she sings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, have, she does like, she releases music like, yeah, on her. Yeah, she's a singer. Yeah. Also, you, okay, they cool. probably would go to Zendaya. I mean, they probably, they probably won't go to Zendaya. But they, probably, they could find somebody new, you know? They could, yeah. That yeah. would also be kind of cool. Who, what was the, 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 what was that movie we did with the United States? United States versus Billie Holiday. Right, yeah. yeah she could also... She, what was her name? Well, that would be rude. Oh, no, she, no, no, well, no, that, you can't do that. It's going to be you the know, Chadwick that, Boseman of black yeah. actresses just playing every famous, <laughs> you know, black celebrity. Okay, you're <laughs> Billy Holiday. All right, now you'll be Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, honestly, honestly, that'd be hilarious. I would love that. I, I'm okay with it. Now you're Gladys Knight, and now you're the lady who sings the blues. You know, because she would play every single one of them, so. You added a who. She's the lady. Lady sings the blues. It's just. <laughs> so, he, so, James, what you're saying is he did uh, it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying, no, James. I don't, know what I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just talking about all the people she could be, you know. Okay, right, you know. right. You know, Gladys no, don't do Knight. it over. No, you don't get to do you it know. over. You don't get to do it over. <laughs> you, you, you bombed that transition. You can't do it you know, over. Lady who no. sings the blues, you know. <laughs> no, that's not the name of the movie. <laughs> that's not the name. Of, it's not Lady Who Sings the Blues. I am furious. I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm... Oh, See, the best thing is we don't record this live, so I could have done it over, but I decided. You decided not to. That's We're okay. The line that I'm going to say, I only remember the energy of the line. I don't remember the actual text. So it's fine. I'm going to make that up too. Why don't you <laughs> oh my goodness. sing the line? What is happening? You know? Uh, you could be the man. Just, you could be no, man no. sings the blues. No. <laughs> Melissa, start the show. We not doing what I mean? Say the correct. No. No. <laughs> Press the, right now, Melissa. You could be the man button. sings the blues. Melissa. No, I mean, you know, gender, Melissa. you know, it's like. You know Press what I mean? Button. They ain't canceling me. It. It's, 20, it's 2022. So we need a man sings the blues? That's what we, we have. No, I'm we saying have he guess. could. It depends. You know, we he could be man sings the blues. Silently listening to this. He could be lady sings the blues. No, Silently no, listening to us no. lose our minds. Oh, my God. This is embarrassing. Start the show. Okay, okay. Let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Well, if that's what you thought, nigga, why didn't you bring me some money instead of bring me some flowers? <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. She says something like, the line is something like that. That was my favorite line. <laughs> Without the flowers part. Yeah, I think it's just yeah, the line she yeah. some money. Wow, James, that's the line you <laughs> Yes. I mean, there was a few there was a few good ones. There was a few good ones. Ri- everything Richard Pryor said was hilarious. But uh, but I went with that one. I went Hard to memorize that the his parts. OK, listen, for those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Thank you for being here. You know, you look lovely today. They Wait, don't know what? what. Who? Who? <laughs> yeah, you can't. Who see, you can't see. No, them. the person. <laughs> I can't see them, but you I. Can't see I them? feel. I feel that they look lovely today. We are a film review podcast. 
We review the films of leading Black actors in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Today, we are reviewing Lady Sings the Blues. Hey. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for getting that right. <laughs> Directed by Sidney J. Fury. It stars Diana Ross and Billy D. Williams and Richard Pryor. I just want people to know because there are going to be a couple of different voices on the podcast. So the one that sounds like just a really charming, handsome young man who could walk into a nightclub and have the singer kind of turn and look in his direction and go, hmm, I like that. That voice. I like that. So you're the that. That voice that fits the description I just gave is Jonathan Braylock. Wait, so before I go, I just want to clarify. You walk into a club and a woman goes, I like that. Mm, no, no, no. Mm, I like that. I, oh my God. Oh, all right. And who's this <laughs> exasperated voice? This tired voice that we're listening to right now. Oh my god! This voice is also that of Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this no. is yeah. This is also in case in case anyone says anything reckless. This is also Jonathan Braylock. No, that's Jerome Milligan. Okay, the Jonathan Braylock. And the the this voice this this kind of this kind of smooth like kind of like a little. There's a little Billy D esque. What are you doing? All right, okay. To the voice. This okay, voice okay. is James the Third. All right. Jim, okay. I thought you were going to well, say Braylock too. I thought you were going to be with me on this. I, I was about to, but then I was like, no, I want people to know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. As Jonathan Braylock, uh, I'm offended by that. That's, okay. that's, that's this voice, Jonathan Braylock. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we have another voice joining us today. All right. A very special guest. Wait, 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 come on, man. Hold on, man. Hold on, man. Come on, man. That was smooth. Those those were drums. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty well. You know, sorry for the drums. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, Jurassic. That was pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you, Black man. <laughs> Thank you, Black man, for supporting me. I've been doing this podcast for like 20 damn years. And you know how often I get support from these other two Black men? Never. This also Never. may be the first time you've gotten support from a guest. About Don't do that. That's not true. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Just, Don't, that's not how just, we're starting today. Just, we're not starting the podcast like that today. <laughs> Uh-uh. It's no, not true. Sir. That's not true. That's not true. No, you have sir. Gotten, you have gotten you have gotten guest support from that. Woo! I just... <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much yes. for being here. Yes, yes. And thank you for bringing us this film, Lady Sings the Blues. This is like kind of a a classic. It's so interesting. I was I forgot. Oh, I was I literally would just watch a documentary about Richard Pryor. I think it was on Showtime. I think this is if not his first movie, one of his first movies that he starred in. And they talked about how much he stole the show, you know, kind of not stole the okay. show. Okay. No, but I like, thought you know so. I mean? oh, watching this, this is my first time seeing it. And I thought like, it was like, there was something he was his, he was the most like raw. I think I've ever seen him on screen in this. Like, it just felt like he was just like going, you know, yeah. in a nice way. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, the piano man. That's him. The piano that was man. Piano man. Piano man. <laughs> the piano man. And sir, you have a show south of Brooklyn. Is that is that right? Am I correct? Oh, well, that's one. No, no, that's one of them. That's actually one of the shows I've done. Oh, that was maybe about seven years ago. Seven years ago. Oh, yeah, currently. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Currently, I'm doing a, a new pilot I have out called The Chambers. The chamber, oh, right. thank God we the trust. Chamber. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Well, we're working on that now. Yeah, the ch yeah, the chambers is uh, it's one of those shows. If you had to say, you know, what it might be similar to, it would be something like the West Wing, House of Cards, House of Cards, uh, Madam Secretary, any of those kind of shows. Uh, but from the judiciary side of things, it's never been done from that from that perspective. No one knows once you're in the courtroom and you, you see the judge, you see the stenographer, the uh, district attorney, the, the prosecutor. No one knows what goes on behind the walls of, 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 of that courtroom. And that's really what the Chambers is all about. So it highlights the law clerks, 
uh, jury coordinators, chief of staff, political advisor. And it just shows all the things that they have to go through on a day to day, just, you know, dealing with the whole court operation. But from that side, it never shows the courtroom. Ah, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I usually follow like the detectives, the lawyers, the kind of like the like the process that would have been in front, like, I guess, where the public could maybe see, but not the behind the scenes of it. Oh, right. And, and it starts off really cool. It starts off like in the first in the pilot episode, the judge's executive assistant, she makes a statement while she's on a date. She's having a couple of drinks. She gets a little drunk and she says something, not realizing that the person is a reporter. And what happens is what she says about an ongoing case ends up on the cover of the paper in the morning. And now the whole chambers, the media relations officer, the chief of staff, the political advisor, they're all trying to figure out how to deal with this before, you know, it gets to the judge. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, I got a question for you. Okay. Why the hell? How you pick, how you pick Lady Sing the Blues? You picked this movie in like five minutes. It was the quickest turnaround response. <laughs> Lady Sing the Blues. I just got it. I just got it. No, two hours and 24 minutes it just sounds like you have an opinion about it in the i didn't say no opinion i didn't say <laughs> no, no opinion you're coming, you're coming Listen, hard jonathan braylock doesn't have an opinion yet jonathan oh braylock is just asking why did you <laughs> well no jonathan braylock isn't asking gerard milligan is asking jonathan braylock is asking why did you pick this movie that's two Listen, hours I, and 24 I described my voice first. yeah the minute i was asked that was the first thing that came to my mind i was like okay it's something that i know about and i just like i said i realized a little while ago i was you know doing some stuff in the kitchen and i was like damn that movie is 50 years old i'm 58 years old because i was eight years old when that movie came out that movie is actually 50 years old i was like wow maybe they needed something a little more contemporary but i said hey maybe you know hey you know look we love the classics we it's, love the it's, classics. It's, it's 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 a great it's a few things for me one is that it came out in a time that um, motown records was transitioning at that time from music to film okay and barry gordy was leaving detroit to move into la and they wanted to get into the film business. So he needed a project and he used his leading lady in music at Motown at the time, which was Diana Ross, to put her out front to transition Motown into the whole film thing. So that happened at a time where you had the whole black exploitation films, exploitation films, the whole things with the Pam Greer and the prostitutes and the pimps and all that. So I think what Barry was trying to do is he was trying to give us something, he was trying to give us something a little more, you know, more clean, something more. You know, he, he wanted to represent black film in a whole nother kind of way. And, you know, he took on that project, Lady Sings the Blues. So also he was introducing us to the life of Billie Holiday, which a lot, you know, didn't know about at the time. Those who lived in that era probably did. But a lot of people like myself at that age didn't know anything about Billie Holiday. You know, Diana Ross, you know, again, was his leading lady. And he started this whole Motown production thing and put Suzanne to pass over it and you know they came out with a lot of stuff after that i chose lady sings the blues because like i said i think it it it, it came at a very important time especially in the black community where we were trying to transition uh into film and he you know went to hollywood and you know and he took a chance you know and it and it, it also got an oscar nomination for diana ross yeah i'm looking at right now they got five they got best actress best original screenplay best art direction best costume design best score I mean, she also got nominated for a BAFTA. Oh, wow. She got nominated for two BAFTA? Yeah. Oh, no. She got nominated for a BAFTA. And this is her first movie. Her very first. Her very first. Oh, so this is before The Wiz? It's before oh, The yeah. Wiz. Yeah. This came it, out it's... in 1978. Yeah, the, yeah. This was in 72. Oh. Lady Sings the Blues. And it was one more after this. It was Ma Mahogany. 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 Billy D. Williams as well. She did a fantastic job for this being her first yeah. movie. That's what a lot, you know, that's what everyone was saying. And she said Richard Pryor was a great, you know, guide for her in that. Richard knew a whole lot about the drug world. And, you know, every time she needed to, you know, get approval at a point when she was on the set, she would always look to to Richard. Uh, he also, you know, starred with her also in The Wiz. So they kind of, you know, kept it together, you know. And also in more bingo, Long Star, I think, is one of the films that Motown did that starred uh, Richard Pryor and Cicely Tyson immediately after that. Yeah, that, Diana Ross did an amazing job in that in that film to be her first. And again, she was nominated for Best Actress. She lost against Liza Minnelli for Cabaret at the time. 
Mm-hmm. Cabaret. Cabaret. Mm-hmm. Lots of ones for Cabaret. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because I haven't seen <laughs> Liza but Minnelli. You, but you know. But in you know. Cabaret, but... Uh. Your soul knows. Your soul knows. You ain't even got to say it. And I also love Liza Minnelli, so I'm not going to say anything, but I am going to say... She was hmm. cool. I loved the film, too. I loved Cabaret. Cabaret <laughs> was a great film. But, you know, yeah. Mozart was, <laughs> was pushing hard for, for her to win that. She really wanted to... to Diana Russ at the time, she really wanted to transition to transition into that whole acting thing i think it's something that from reading her books and you know knowing you know a lot about the motown story she wanted to transition into something that she can really <clears throat> call her own you know what i'm saying with motown it's like barry created the voice he created the style he created how they you know he the motown machine was really behind her the rise to her success and i think this you know this is something she really wanted to to have, you know, of her own. And it's a long movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a very long movie. And it just goes to show she had to travel halfway around the world to go get reviews, to go play in a, in a, in a hall that was only two stops away on the train from where she lived in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? Because you couldn't be Black and play Carnegie Hall at that time. So she had to go across around the world and get those rave reviews and everything she needed to 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 get back in there. So uh, I think she understood the role. I think she understood the role very well as a singer, you know, as well. I think she understood it, you know, and I think that's probably made it a little easier for her to to uh, play. I wonder if she I'm kind of sure she idolized Billie Holiday. I think Billie, Josephine Baker, you know, all of those I hear her talk about, I've heard her talk about a lot over the years. Pearl Bailey, Lena Horne, all of those were kind of, you know, people that inspired Diana Ross. Yeah. So this film, Lady Sings the Blues, it, it came out in 1972. As we said, it was nominated for five Academy Awards. It had a, this is according to Wikipedia, it had a $14 million budget. It made $19.7 million. That's a lot. For that time, 1972? It currently has a 67% of Rotten Tomatoes, which is fresh in an 86% audience score. And yeah, it's just about the life of Billie Holiday. Obviously, this film takes some... We've done a Billie Holiday film now uh, that was kind of very centered, very much centered around Strange Fruit and the trouble that Billie Holiday got in for singing that song. This film has Strange Fruit in it. It doesn't quite follow that storyline as much as like kind of her whole life journey, at least up until the Carnegie Hall performance. Of course, takes some liberties with things very specifically the relationship. It was kind of, Billie Holiday had a few relationships in her life, but this one kind of just painted her as having the one with Billy D. Williams' character. <laughs> Gerard Lewis Blur, uh, studied some- Mr. McKay. Yes, Lewis McKay. What did you say his nickname was in real life? Because he was the third husband. He was the most abusive husband. So his name in real life was Lousy Lewis. Oh my goodness. Oh no. <laughs> If you watch, if you watch, was it the U.S. versus Billie Holiday? He is the husband that they're trying to get. Like he is, he is the bad husband. <laughs> like he, he's the bad one. And this movie made him look so good. I didn't remember that. I didn't re- remember that from from the movie. And the second Billy D shows up, I was like, look at this, look at this villain we're about to watch. Like I was like, I just knew, I just knew he was about to be an asshole. And he is, he is. Heart of Gold for two straight hours. Like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe. It. There was not a, there wasn't a crack. He never, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Because again, at that time, when you sing in clubs, you have to lift your dress. It was sort of like prostitution. You know what I'm saying? You had to, that's the only one gave, you know, when they gave you money. And they're telling her, Billy, Billy, you know, lift your dress. And she didn't want to do it. And then this man, he, you know, do you want my arm to fall off? He gave her $20. And now everyone in the club is now, Giving her money for her voice, for her voice. You know, I, I, let me, let me, let me, let me break this down. Let me get my initial thought real quick. Uh, sure, I feel like we, we, we know what you like. I'm gonna just say this was not a pleasurable watch for me. It opened with like I remember. I, I feel like I had my tea. Okay, I was eating some pancakes, and I, I oh, went to no. go cut the pancake, <laughs> and I looked back up, and then it was like an assault scene, and I was like, oh, okay. Within the first five minutes, got it. 
Then I was like, I couldn't tell. Did we flash back in time? Because then she was like a kid. But I was like, how old is she supposed to be? Then, look, I think the performances were great. <laughs> I think the performances were great. I think this movie was very, very long. I think I, I noticed for the first time what musical biopics or even like biopics, but definitely musical biopics do that well. The pacing of it. Like I was like, what's off? And it was just, they were just, they didn't pick moments in her life. It almost was like, we want to just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the official goal was, but I will say I really, 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 really. And, and I was texting Bray. I don't think we needed to see her husband be mean to her, but also it feels like a disservice to me, to the life of Billie Holiday to paint this man as a nice person. You simply can't because if you, Yeah. Because if you Google him, <laughs> if you look him up, he is not a good person. You know what I mean? And then, like, so much so, I can't remember the actor who plays him and the people who it's Rob Morgan. And he, like, when you see him, he's, like, so swarmy and, like, he's, like, so conniving. And, like, this movie, he's, like, taking the, the needles away and throwing it. I'm like, yo, bro, like, like, he knows his wife is sleeping with a white dude and he's, like, not cool, but, like, it, it just felt so fictitious. And I understand you had to get... Billy D to be in this movie for it to get made, so I understand that. But also, I feel like again, this is another movie where things are happening to Billy Holiday instead of Billy Holiday being like the lead in her own story, which it's not as bad as it was to me as the United States versus Billy Holiday. But in this one, I was just like, it. I don't know. It felt like she went from being like very meek to like in a second was real cocky when she was talking to like when she was talking to Richard Pratt. The character tonally felt like I don't know who Billy Billy truly is besides certain moments. And I do think the U.S. versus Billy Holiday humanized her more, even though I still had issues with that movie because of that focus too much on the men. I don't know. I feel like just let, let, let a black woman direct a Billy Holiday story, and I think you get a better movie all around. I think that's what we just need to do. A black woman just come out here. I mean, the, the two actresses are fantastic, but I think story-wise, I think these stories didn't do her justice. And especially because they... Okay, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to butcher this movie. That's all I will say. Look, okay. <laughs> I... Here, here's, the tr here's what I honestly feel. I feel like the reality of Billie Holiday's life is tragic, you know? And it's going to be extremely hard to depict a movie that feels like she has agency when the actual human being had very little agency in her own life and was like and it kept being taken away from her by men by you know the white society by like so so many so many things so it, it's 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 tough it's at the t i don't know because we we, I mean, I'm I'm very interested to hear what Sir has to say about how he first saw this film. But like, you know, we watching it from a very this 50 years removed perspective, you know, I don't know what it was like then, and I definitely don't know what it was like in Billy's actual time. People probably knew Billy Holiday like had a drug problem. They knew, you know, she died very young. They, they knew she had like legal issues and that kind of stuff. I don't know how much they actually knew about her life and like all the stuff that was happening to her. This movie shows it a little, like doesn't show the abuse that she was facing at the hands of, of like relationships, but it does show, you know, it does have this assault scene. I don't know. I actually didn't see if that, if she was assaulted when she was young. I don't know if that's like a real thing that happened. I mean, probably. And so it's like that kind of set the tone for me. It was like, oh, there's this person who's like really young and she's like has this gift of song. She loves music and she's kind of like in her own innocent world. That thing happens to her. Her innocence is like ripped from her. Like just this, from the story perspective, it made sense. And then she goes and pursues this music career, but never and like kind of tries to get lost in the music, but like never really gets to be on top of that and the drugs come in. I do think like it, it, it was, it's hard to watch. It's always hard to watch something where that's like ultimately tragic. And it's definitely harder to watch it when it's like, <laughs> it's very long and it like keeps happening. Like you're like, oh my God, like can this person catch a break? And then you know that they're not going to, which is why I, I, I do feel like Gerard Milligan felt where he said that <laughs> he like, he, I, I also am like, okay, that it didn't have the actual 
like all the physical abuse because there's only like so much you could take. And it's like, I just wish that they changed his name. They probably, if they could have had a fictitious name, you know what I mean? Just if he, because he's a fake person anyway, like this relationship yeah, is fake. Of, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just make it a fake person's name so that it's like, <laughs> it would have been, it would have been so nice. But for the movie, it's it was good to have a like an actual love interest and a black you know and like for and I'm sure for what Barry Gordy and Motown was records was trying to do at the time like they're trying to not have like all these bad images of black people you know like black of, of black men so it's like it's nice to have like Billy D Williams not be a complete jerk you know even if the person in real life was I just you know they could have changed his name again you know to respect the actual Billy Holiday in her life but. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I I thought Diana Ross, you know, for, especially for being her first film, did well. I do think Richard Pryor like brought a lot of like because he's so comedic and the and the film is like naturally tragic. It was it was like a breath of fresh air to have him in the in the scenes and like doing his thing and and him and Diana clearly got along really well. Like that scene where they're both high and just like messing around with the guys at the door like that was really funny brutal ending to that scene and then brutal ending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's, it's a brutal it's a brutal film but yeah sorry so i said a lot but that's you know that's kind of how that's that's how I, I felt yeah i i'll just comment on a on a on a few things that we we're already talking about which is just like i mean like I, i'll just say to the point that like billy d williams is character is based on an actual person who who ended up being terrible because my for in real life because my initial thought was oh he's about to be a villain when he wasn't i actually had a moment of like oh that's this is nice like i'm glad that there was somebody looking out for billy Holiday. like that was a legitimate thought i had while watching it so it's like it's a shame that that's not that 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 wasn't real you know it would be better for me to know that he was a that this person was was fake somehow. The movie did ultimately feel like, and I'm guessing based off of Jura's comments, that the that the United States versus Billy Holiday is more like this than this movie was. But but in watching this, this felt like a movie about the the men that saved Billy Holiday. That's what it felt like. It felt like it was a movie about that. For as much as I would I would say that she is the central character of this movie and like and we are spending a lot of time with her. It it there, there were just times where it felt like, you know, oh, look at how great Billy's being to her. And like, and look at this, you know, the white man throwing out an olive branch and, 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 you know, look at how they're protecting her on the, on the bus with the KKK and like, and all of, all the, and look, you know, and Piano Man is, 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 is so great to her, you know, like, it really felt like the movie was big upping them in a way that I don't know that, that it, that it needed to. Diana Ross is so good in this. I can't believe this is her first movie. She's so good in it. Richard Pryor was in, it felt like he had no script. It felt like he would they were just like go. Like it, it, and in a way that was like well I know that's not true. He had to say some of that stuff had to be scripted, but there were so many things like when he's like she's like oh I was I was nervous. Hey, you should be nervous. Nervous. Those guys are dangerous. <laughs> like like just that felt like a, just an invented line in the moment. I loved the device at the end also of like she's singing the song and we're seeing the the newspaper clippings. I thought that that was like I I don't know. I found that moving uh, like a moving way to kind of do that. That's not like you know, we always see the words on the screen or the blah blah blah. The, the you know, like it, 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 I I I liked the 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 presentation of that. Yeah, I don't know. I know we'll talk about we'll talk about things more specifically as we get through it. But those are kind of the 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 staples I wanted to. I remember seeing it when I was younger, but I got to be honest with you. I'm, first of all, I'm learning a lot of things about this through this conversation that I just didn't know. Number one, I never saw the Lee Daniels portrayal of it. I think that's the United States versus. I never got a chance to see that yet. Yeah, Lee Daniels, I believe that's Lee Daniels. That's number one. And then uh, number two is that because of the internet and all of this, there's so much more information available today that wasn't back then. So there was no way we would have known you know, unless Billy did a biography herself and wrote her story and we learned more. But so now, you know, there's so much more information just available. But I have to be honest, the very two things that attracted me to Lady Sings the Blues as a as a child. One was my mom was a fan of the Supremes. Diana Ross and the Supremes, she was a singer. So I was so used to hearing the music 
Aaron seeing them on the Ed Sullivan show, singing, singing, singing. So to see her transform into that whole acting thing, I guess that was going to be something, you know, I'm a writer and director now. So that was part of my life. So I was attract, I was attracted. And the second thing is that my aunt played in the film. That was number two. So that's in this movie. Yes. She actually played <laughs> Billie Holiday's Whoa. mother. Tony Award winning actor Virginia Caper. She also played on the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You would remember her from because she played the grandmother on there. She okay. Was, she was Uncle Phil's. Yes, so yes. she introduced me to She's the entertainment great. industry when I was 13 years old. So, yeah, that's so it was those two real factors. It's always seeing Diana Ross as the singer and then wanting to see her in that. And then mostly going because my mom and all of us made us go because our aunt was in the film and we were going to support uh, that. I was attracted to the film at that time. So then reading their books and learning over the years, you know, the whole Motown story and everyone. Those scenes were great between Diana and your aunt, uh, the who plays her mother, like you have kind of one scene where it actually happens right after the the assault and she kind of is looking for her mom and 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 her mom's at work uh, working you know as a maid in the house and she doesn't tell her and it's just like wanting to stay there and she's like oh yeah of course you could stay like you could stay until they get back you know and then you, then you do have to go you know she's like you can stay the night it was brutal and that just there's so many brutal scenes and you could movie. see that the mom didn't want like the mom wished she could stay as long as she wanted to but like knew that wouldn't have, it wouldn't be possible so you could see the like hurt and the mom as say, saying like and then also like she's like, trying to be a good mom and like i'm sure she feels like guilt and embarrassment you know about the fact that she it's like I don't know. There was so much to that. And I did, it did really strike me that even today there are, there's, you know, the whole thing, like the Bechdel test and that, like, you know, like women speaking to women and not about men in movies, you know what I mean? And I was just like, Oh man, like this, not only this movie's passive, but like it had like these really moving scenes, like, cause that scene and then the scene much uh, uh, later on in the movie where she, she's able to buy her mom a gift. And that was so emotional. It was like, she really felt made her presence known because she, you know, winds up dying off screen. But when that hat went, you know, when when Piano Man delivers that news, it really I was like, oh, my God, like this is it is heartbreaking, you know, and, and you really only got like, you know, I always I always think it's so impressive when actors are able to make their presence felt throughout an entire movie when they're not in it that much. And I really feel like she she did. Mm. Yeah, man, this will be like. Again, the performances were so good because please, I know, I know we said it as a joke before, but please don't shame me. I the last time I've seen someone play an addict on screen was in season two of Euphoria. Oh. <laughs> and so when we see okay, 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 this is my thing. So I know we all know Billy had an addiction, but it was so interesting because what this movie makes it seem like is that this white dude in the band was like the catalyst for that situation. Which I kept trying to remember if that's the way it was in the other movie, or I was trying to find out if, if that was true or not. But there is something very fascinating to me about the, the the creative decision to make the black dude a good guy and then take this white dude and make sure you know he is a villain through and through. Like, you're like <laughs> this dude is bad. Like even when even when you and skip, not skipping around, but like even when you have this scene with Billy D coming to visit her after the show and the white dude comes in, it's like you just feel that tension. And I did kind of enjoy the fact that they were like, hey, yo, nah, just don't trust him. It's like just some blonde, right? It's like, they just don't trust him too. I keep trying to find out if that if that is accurate or not, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's so interesting too, just to talk about it. It's like the fact that brothels were so prevalent. And I think Richard Pryor's, am I correct in saying this? Richard, Richard Pryor grew up in a brothel as well. Grew up in one. Oh, you? yes, you're right. Yes, yes. Right, I think did, that is right? true. I think, yeah, I think re I remember that from the documentary. Yeah. It's just interesting that it was like so prevalent in the black community. Like that was a way, yep. that was a way that, you know, outside of being a maid, a lot of black women made money and it, it, it hurts so much because even thinking about the, the, begin the beginning of the film, you know, when she's followed home and then even when she goes to live, who's that other woman, her aunt or her, her, it's like the second place she lived. I think it was, I don't remember who that woman was, but even when being there, they sent up that random dude knowing she didn't want to partake. She literally- Scatman Crothers. Yeah, Scatman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Ooh literally, they, they said it. <laughs> yeah. 
But then, like, the fact that she was yelling at her, I don't know, man. Like, it sucks how we had to live. I don't think it was the... I don't think she played the same madam in the in the in the brothel later but isabel sanford is the madam in the in the when she's 15 and i thought that was cool like, like what was that guy's name who came in and he was like rhyming is it scatman that that was incredible <laughs> that performance was amazing then what's that. wrong with you woman you done lost your damn money <laughs> oh man Everybody loves Cat Man. Like, yo, <laughs> yo, Denny came running out and just like his like pajamas or whatever. Yeah, Did he call time. himself Scat Man? In yes, that? Uh, yes. Uh, everybody no, loves Cat Man. No way. Everybody loves Cat Man. Ain't this a killer, Lorraine? <laughs> he started calling the name. <laughs> this is the second movie in a row where we've seen a black actor who who was like really ha- like really handsome like way back when, and now it's just an older statement who was still very handsome. But it's funny because I haven't, I physically haven't seen Billy D. Williams in so long. So just seeing him in this, I was like, my God, this dude's voice, this dude's hair. I was like, I, like, oh, man, I don't know ladies, how man. tall he is. He yeah. felt like a, like, he just seems so cool, man. And I'm like, I just miss. He had that me, voice. Yes. But you know what? Like, I don't think he may be one of the first black men I've seen that has that. Humphrey Bogartness to him, which is like, like the 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 smirk, the the like I'm looking at him, just cock his head to the side. I'm like, that's just a thing that I feel like you don't you don't see often, you know. Like he was cool, and the thing is, don't get me wrong, like he's not the buffest dude, but I'm like, yo, I'm pretty sure if that movie came down to it, he can fight somebody if he need to, but he can be smooth as hell if he needed to as well, you know. He's probably well read. It just felt very, and he felt very um, he felt ah, what's the right way to put it. Not the alpha Negro, but the oh exceptional Negro. Yeah, he didn't feel like an exceptional Negro. He felt like, yo, this is a this is just a good black man. Like that's what it felt like, and that was so cool to me. And this is after and this is the movie after seeing Denzel be like a young, around the way type black dude. It just felt good to see that, and it made me like really long for that kind of stuff. It truly did feel good to see this iteration of this character portrayed by Billy D. Williams. Like, it was like, it felt good to see him, like, stand up for her. It felt good to see him, like, care about her and, like, try, you know what I mean? Like, all of that stuff, just, like, it felt really good. So, like, to that, to the point of, and 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 the more we talk about, like, the behind the scenes of, like, what Barry Gordy was trying to do with this particular movie, it is, it does make me go, well, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, for as much as, like, watching it from this lens, not liking X, Y, and Z, like, I do like the mission behind it, you know? Right. And he fought, he fought someone, uh, Anthony Perkins in, in the uh, Mahogany, the next movie. They actually had a physical fight, you know what I'm saying, when he was trying to protect Mahogany, you know what I'm saying? So that was the first time you you see them get busy. She was a fashion designer from Chicago. Her boyfriend, Billy D, was a, a politician running for office. And she gets swept off to Europe to, you know, become this great fashion designer. And now she has to choose, you know, that life out there. Or, or do she want to come back and support her man, which is running for, you know, alderman in Chicago. Very good. It was, it was very good. Actually, Diana did all the designing for that show. She actually designed all the costumes because yeah, she went to Cass Tech High School for fashion back when she was uh, in Detroit. So yeah, she got an opportunity, you know, to do that. And Barry wanted to like really control it. I think he was in agreement with Paramount Pictures at the time and they couldn't even agree. So he brought the whole film right out. I think he gave him the two million and he just brought it out and he directed the rest of the film. Yeah, on mahogany. Yeah, yeah. Barry Gordy yeah. wasn't taking no shit. He oh no. no, he wasn't gonna let no. them. He was like, "No, you got my lead, Diana Ross. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lead this thing." And he, he get, you know, listen, that's the beauty of that. He had two million dollars that he could pull out of his pocket and give it to Paramount and say, "Hey, you know, I got this from here." What did Barry Gordy biopic? That's gonna yeah, be honestly. That needs to be like a. Yeah, that needs to be the honestly. Godfather. That's gonna be like a. It probably. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it would. It wouldn't probably come out until after he's gone, and he's like eighty-seven, I think now, eighty-seven, eighty-eight years old. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, no, one hasn't even come out on the Supremes yet. So, you know, 
Motown controlled that that thing. So they had like one for the Temptations. I think they did the American Dream, the, the Jackson Five Story American Dream. That was Motown. Loved all of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Besides the Wiz and all those other things, it would be a great story. Oh yeah, I agree. I found the so it was Artie Shaw was the 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 band leader of the I don't know what the band's name was. Artie, he, right, right, right. Yeah, I and that. I think so that was the white band leader that. But that happened actually. So she was on tour first with a with a black band, and then they worked together for like a year. And then they're you know she they didn't get along with some people. They broke up, and then she was hired by Artie Shaw a month later. And that's when they did the tour in the South. And it, and it was the first time a black female singer was employed uh, full time with white band leader. So, yeah, she faced a lot of racism, you know. Right. That's she, when they hit her in the face with the American flag or something like that. They, yeah. Yeah. It's coming back to me. I haven't seen it. In also, that years. was so wild wow. when she did that. I was like, first of all, I was like, I couldn't. It was certain moments I couldn't tell when she was like under the influence or like just Billy. So when she like woke up and just started like going insane and i understand why and you know what it was i think i was waiting because strange fruit was such an important song and then like that scene happened we kind of had to flashback to when she saw the person hanging and then when she's at the rehab center and you know one of the major reasons for the rehab center is that they were coming out now i'm just rehashing people versus Willie holiday <laughs> you know one of the main reasons is that she started being more of an activist while seeing these images and the atrocities that were happening to black people. And I feel like this movie hinted on it, but they didn't show how powerful she was. Like we saw her go against the KKK. We saw when she was driving through a town, when she first got with the white band and saw how the black people were like kind of treated when they were just, um, I forgot where they were going. They were driving by, I guess, to go work in the fields. And she saw that then when she couldn't get inside the store and it felt like that was such an important part of who she was because that caused her to become more rebellious. Hence why they were trying to arrest her, not just because of the drugs, but that's what they were using. It's just, you know. Yeah. I mean, they, the, this movie obviously did want to tell as much of her life as as it could. But I, like, I agreed, Gerard, that, like, I really wanted, I wanted a little bit more from this moment. And also, like, I think overall... Like she would just ha she would just be singing a song, you know. Like it would be like uh, now this song, and yes, we see her, you know, see a man lynched, literally see a man the aftermath of that, you know, and and her experience in the South before she's singing the song. But it is kind of like the next scene; she's now singing the song instead of like any of that in between of like the step to like getting the song and recording it and like what does it mean to record this? And like, should I record, you know, like all of the, like the, that stuff, I think even just through throughout with all of the songs, obviously you can't do this. The movie would have been 15 hours long. If not, yeah. But, you know, but, but, but like, but I think yeah, you're right but, on that. Cause I think there is something to, and I, and I did, I did read it. It's like a white man directed this, which is fine. Cause it's happened in the seventies. It was of course going to happen, but there is just something about like, I think watching movies and I think Bray is right. We're like, Unfortunately, Billie Holiday's life was so tragic that it would be hard to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's hard because I want to say, like, I get that. But I do think there is, there's got to be a way to give this woman agency in her own story. Like, I just feel like there's got to be a way to do it. And, I, and the only thing, the only thing I can see that has been the, the crux of, like, why we probably haven't seen it is just two dudes. I mean, she had some agency in the sense that, like, you know, she wanted to go uh, to the to the jazz club. She like quits the the brothel. You know, she like eyes Billy D. Williams. Like it, they, the the movie made it seem like even though even though Billy D. Williams' character like obviously flirted with her, the, the movie made it seem like she saw him first. You know what I mean? And so like kind of wanted that, and then he like you know, suggest she comes over and she denies him at first. And they made that big deal of like, yeah, he could have this one. He could have this girl too, if he want, but not, on, not the on the first night. night. And then literally that <laughs> same no night. And I was like, I was like, cause you, cause you know, okay, I'm gonna tell you the difficult part I have. I'm gonna tell you the difficult part I have. Funny. It's yeah. like, as a dude, I can't tell if I'm like giving passes to things. Cause there are certain moments where I'm like, I'm like, if this was about, if the, if the genders were reversed, I'm like, I probably could pick up on nuances that weren't there. 
And I felt like, again, it, it's just hard for me. I felt like, again, something was really disservice to Billie Holiday. And I think because her song was so important and so important to the Black movement. But you know what? They were trying, it, I don't know. They, they were trying to get it done. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Like I, They were trying to do it. Like They were trying to get this movie made. Ray was trying to do it. He couldn't have like a negative Black dude in here. I get it. Yeah, I mean, you know? yeah, that it's like, yep, we're going to have we're going to the black men on screen are going to be good. We're going to show we're going to show a couple really bad dudes. You know, Scatman Crothers is going to come in here and, and and just be the worst, you know, and then whoever played his his character name is and I don't I don't know if I should say it, but it's the rapist is that character's name. And that guy is hor- that guy. He played an incredible monster like it was like you you felt that energy so we did see that 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 element of her life it was 50 years ago you got it was 50 years ago times was just so you know that wasn't far from the whole civil rights movement like all it was it was 50 years ago we were living in a totally different world at that time Yeah, and I know we can't, and I know this is probably a bad comparison, but just to like, cause I I know what I now know what I was trying to look for, and I do get it. it was fifty years ago, and the movie I'm about to mention came out I think twelve years after it, but I think the way they handled Celie in a color purple, even though her life was very tragic, is kind of what I need. It's like even through a lot of what was happening to Celie, which is like whether it was Mister, what happened before Mister, whether it was happening to like a lot of the things in her life, the kids that treated her a certain kind of way, you always felt like the fight in her. And maybe that, and maybe that wasn't Billie Holiday's story per se, but like, it just feels like the woman you, you read about, the woman you hear about, like the, the, the black woman who literally kept singing a song, knowing they were going to throw her in jail multiple times, had that in her. I think you saw that a little bit in the people versus, I mean, the US versus Billie Holiday. But in this movie, I don't think I saw that version of this woman but it's like it's like imagine a, a movie about tina turner that's like ike's a pretty good dude you know what i mean like like what would that like that would people would that riot is, you're, you're right you are right in that it is that is kind of what it's like oh and my god I didn't, james again i again i think if they didn't use the guy's actual name, it would have right, been yeah. so much better. <laughs> right. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if literally Ike Turner was like, here, let me give you cake anime? No, like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Wow. You know. And Lord and Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne is very is very charming in his portrayal as well. I think the same as you, I thought he was gonna be bad when Billy D first came on, and I was surprised. I was like waiting for the, I kept waiting for the turn and then it like never came. And I was like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like I was like, Oh, wait for the moment where he just backslaps her and just like, woman, you do what I tell you to do, you know, but and it even never if came. we don't see it, you know, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to see it, you know, there's a way, but there's a way to present it. I, the, I, the one thing I will say that I do regret because I, I, you know, I actually felt like Billy had a lot of fight in the, in, in the sense that she was, there was a lot of times she was fighting, you know, she resisted the assault. She like, you know, was like, I'm out of here with the thing. Like she, uh, she like gave, you know, she was like talking back to Billy D. She was talking back to the white guys. Like she, like when the KKK were there and they were like, just hide. And she was like, I ain't hiding, you know? And like, you know, she was like banging on the thing and she gets like poked in the eye. Like there are a lot of times where it felt like she was resisting, but then like, the drugs kind of overtook her life and she was kind of in this state of just like, you know, I'm just, I'm a drug addict, which she was. And the the problem though, is that it was like this thing of like, they, they started portraying her life as like Billy D was like, like his character was just like sitting back and like being like, Oh, Billy, you gotta, you just gotta pull yourself like, you know, stop doing these drugs. Like, I'm here for you. Like, don't you understand? Like, everybody's here to support you, you know? And I was like, well, that's <laughs> not quite true, especially because of the fact that like one of the most known facts about Billie Holiday is she died with like 70 cents in her bank account because like this man in particular this stole dude. all, all of my bruh. So, one so, of the things he didn't yeah. pay for the he didn't pay for the funeral. Listen, y'all, just just for the record, 
I, Jonathan Braylock, support Wait, what, black what, you're films. not Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just you want people sound to, nothing like I, I a want people, man. Oh, a... oh, oh, okay. No, I'm serious. Cause I feel like I'm dragging this movie, and I was very nervous. I'm not trying to drag this famous black movie. I look, I get it. I'm just like I, I unfortunately am watching this with 2022 20, eyes, and like that's I don't want to watch this in 1972. I, I don't. I got. I don't. I want to watch this from a way where like black women. Like I just want. I just. I just want to watch it the way I want to watch it, and I don't want to go back in time. And I'm like. I'm sorry. So this is what happens when we review movies. Maybe in 2032, you know, when they review the Black Man Can't Jump movie, okay, that come out in 2025, people will be like, man, the motherfuckers was crazy in 2025. Who knows? But right now, I can't go back. I can't go back. Gerard, would this have been, would this have been better? Like, it's, it's like a, it's not necessarily this movie. It's like a, it's like an analogous sort of story where it's like it's it sort of it has like a Veggie Tales kind of vibe or like a, a sausage party kind of vibe. Where what do you mean? where you don't know what Veggie all, Tales is? All, veggie of the, all of the black people are fruits. Okay, they're fit. Wait, they're, why they're, are black they're people actual fruits? fruits. They're actual fruits. Okay, and vegetables. And they're yeah, the fruit. They're fruits and vegetables. Okay, and, but they're like wacky. They're like kooky. They're like kooky vegetable. You know, they're like they're strange fruit. You know what I mean? Oh you, see, is there, you see where I'm going with this? Uh, and they're and they're going on. Like they have that. hijinks. <laughs> Y'all been breaking I'm me saying, today. It's a different movie. It's a different movie. It's an animated film. What do you guys? You want to make an animated okay, film called no Strange Fruit? I, would, I wanted to see where you were going <laughs> to land that plane, and you did. You pretended as if when you said Strange Fruit, that wasn't the end of it, even though it 100 percent was. All right. Just so you know, our bits. No, no, James. No, no, no. We don't. Bray, you just wanted us Bray, to cut you off. Bray. Okay. It's time for the cause. The way we rate and review films on this podcast is not by how much we like them or how anachronist, or I don't know what I'm trying to say. Not viewing them from 2022 eyes. We rate them based on do they help? Did they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood? And if we feel like the film fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. You know, if it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If it feel like it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So on the count of three, the four of us will, will, will raise up our ratings for Lady Sings the Blues based on how we feel it helped the cause. So you gotta say, why you keep saying it? Like, why you keep, why, why you, why, I feel like you're talking to me. Why are you trying to say it helped the cause? I know no, the rules. I, I'm not saying it. I'm just I'm explaining. We have a guess, you know? All right. So on the count of three, we'll raise our, our, our ratings for uh, Lady Sings the Blues. All right. One, two, three. Oh, look at that. Four black fists. Well, Who sir knew? and I both put up two. So it's you got to do the numbers <laughs> right. That's six right, black right. fists. You, you get one rating for <laughs> Uh, That's six black fists. Gerard, why'd you give it a black fist? <laughs> why you me go first? Well, you went first and <laughs> <laughs> you made me go first. Look, man, I gave I, I gave it a black fist because you know what? <laughs> I gave it a black fist because you know, this was Diana Ross. It was it was this movie had to be successful for Barry Gordy to get me the whiz. Okay. So the Wiz, if you know me, is in my top 10. It fluctuates in the 10, but it's up there. And this movie had to exist to give me that movie. And also, you know, it was an attempt at Billie Holiday's life and her story. I understand why they changed certain things. I totally get it. I got the Wiz, baby. I got to ease on down the road. If this movie didn't exist, we would never ease on down the road, okay? And I'm just trying to ease on down, ease on down the road, you know? So, yeah, that's why I did it. Three times to set me up. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll just go and say what I've been saying already, which is like Diana Ross is incredible in this. This being one of Richard Pryor's first movies, if not his first starring, or I guess sort of leading supporting role. He's incredible. I mean, like that, those are movie stars. Just name two movie stars. This movie launched those careers in a, in a, in a way. So absolutely gets, gets two black fists from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Richard Pryor, Diana Ross. I mean, it seems like, yeah, this movie obviously had 
and and then Billy D. Williams before Star Wars, you know. So come on now. <laughs> okay, there you go. You Without know, this, maybe without this movie, be, we don't have Lando Calrissian. We don't, don't have know. Lando, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. We might not, you know, we we may not. So I'm saying, like, the fruit are, they keep getting cut. You know what I'm saying? The fruit are marginalized okay, fruit. Of, you know what yeah. I'm saying? The fruit are on the sides, <laughs> okay? Y'all don't get it. Sir, did you have any uh, closing thoughts? Anything else you wanted to say about this film before we wrap up here? You know, again... 50 years ago, <laughs> I can't keep, can't, you know, can't stop said we're just, again, living in totally different times. But again, what Barry Gordy did with the whole black business thing, you know what I'm saying? And trying to control the narrative, control what he wanted. He was a great example, you know what I'm saying, for, for, for entrepreneurship, especially in the black community. He was our hero at the time. You know, being in the business, you know what I'm saying? I'm in there like 30 years, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I worked a lot with people, so I'm writing and, you know, and, and directing people. But this is like one of the first time I got an opportunity to do something on my own. So I know the struggles. I understand it. And, you know, again, we're talking 50 years later. So I can only imagine, you know, what you had to go at that time, go through at that time, even if you had money. You know what I'm saying? You still, you know, had to go through a lot. So I, I look at, you know, the, the ability to him to not only, you know, put those leading actors out front, hire black people, hire black people behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying? To 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 be, you know, the creatives and all, all of those things were very important. So, you know, I, I think it, it's left a mark on me, you know, Lady Singing the Blues. And again, like I said, because of my parents with the Diana Ross thing and then my aunt playing in the film as well. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah, two 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 fish for me. Lady Sings the Blues, amazing. very gordy, an amazing project for its time, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, is there anything you'd like to uh, promote or, or well, yeah, people well, follow you on social media yeah, or anything like that? Definitely. Well, again, the project that we have in the works right now that's out there, it's actually won 12 awards so far in the last eight weeks, 12 film festivals. So something is, something is, hap something is happening out there with us. So I'm very happy about that. The, the uh, website where you can find out everything you want about the whole project, that's actually thechambersseries.com. You know, you can find out anything you need to find out. Uh, you can follow us there. You can subscribe. I'm on Instagram personally, uh, bsc one Suricon. You can follow me there. And we're on Twitter where, you know, we're everywhere uh, uh, with the show. So, I, I, you know, please support it in any way that you can. The trailer is on YouTube as well. Um, also, I'm working on a documentary on my aunt, Virginia Capers. She passed oh, away hey. already. Yeah. Oh, so I, act I actually, yeah, I actually got the support of Diana Ross. <clears throat> she signed on the dotted line giving me the right to use all the Lady Sings the Blue stuff and her image and everything in the oh, show. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, along, yeah, along with ICD and Ruby, Ruby D, Ozzy Davis, Jerry Lewis, uh, um, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Leslie Uggams, Lena Horn, all of them signed off on it. So I'm still in the works with that, you know, actually put that out there. I actually started working on it before she passed, so that's why a lot of her friends knew that, you know, okay, this is something good to, to support. So I got a lot of support from them and that's something I want to get around to eventually as well. I just want to make sure that that's right. So, you know, you want the right things, the right people involved and all that. But everyone has been supportive. CBS, Paramount, with all the Lady Sings the Blue stuff. So that's something that I'm working on. And also, I do have my personal website, which is suricon.net, where you can find out everything about me as a writer, director, producer, and keep up with what I'm doing. I hope to come back again talking about a great experience with this whole Chambers thing. I'd be the next big thing on Netflix yeah. or Amazon hey. or something like that. You know? Hell yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you so much again. And listeners, you can follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. We have links there to merchandise like t-shirts and things like that. We, we do via Public. We also have a defunct Patreon. We have a year's worth of episodes on there. We don't do new episodes anymore on that but if you subscribe you can listen to those the episodes that we did and unsubscribe whatever you'd like and you can follow me at john braylock season five of grownish which is out now comes out every wednesday 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific also the episodes air on hulu which is probably where most of you will be watching because i don't have freeform <laughs> i don't have cable <laughs> that's just me <laughs> great sale great sale <laughs> 
Jara, can people follow you? Oh, yeah. You can follow me at Jara Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at James Third Comedy, jamesthirdcomedy.com. Third is 3RD. I also have a live radio show on the AMP app. It is Tuesdays at 6 p.m. PST. Uh, it's called Corrupted Files. Download the app. Listen to me talk about all kinds of fun things. <laughs> Amazing. And if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We'll read your review on the air. This one is by Tyler Bradley Arnett. His review says, not trash. More lame, corny jokes, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Great. We have an endless supply Great. of those. Great. Damn, they got to be lame, corny jokes. God. Is that the yeah. brand? The brand That's is strong. The brand. the brand is strong. All right. I don't Thank like so much the order listening. of those things. Not trash. <laughs> Not trash. More lame. More <laughs> lame corny jokes, please. And thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Peace. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Forever!